Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight and welcome creepers. I am <laughs> Peeper and that is Temper. Mm. <laughs> Those are uh, puns worthy of the Crypt Keeper himself. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm Peter, last time. We talk about horror movies. This is a horror movie yep. podcast. We get together. We've watched the movie. We talk about it. It's really quite that simple. And... The Justice League of horror movie podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> was that joke based on the fact that the song for the Zack Snyder Justice League movie was a song called <laughs> We'll Come Together or something the... to that effect? Yes. <laughs> I believe it's a... I think it's a cover of a very famous... Uh... Beatles song? <laughs> or wait, is it Beatles? I don't know. <laughs> but I was going to make fun of you for not really knowing it, but I guess I don't really know it either. <laughs> uh, clearly. Uh, so, yes, welcome to the show. Screams After Midnight, Horror Movies is the game, and podcasting is the platform aim. And <laughs> so anyway, this, we um, obviously we're making bad puns. We're referencing Cryptkeeper-esque sentiments and that is because we're here to do a tales from the crypt related thingamabob um so if you actually followed this a while ago it's been this has actually been it's been like a couple of years now since we finished this but oh, yeah. for about three years give or take we worked mm-hmm. our way through the entire series of tales from the crypt on Mailfuzz oh, TV. Uh, so if you listen to the audio version, you want to go here as review every episode of that. You can find it on Mailfuzz TV. There's a big playlist of all seven mm-hmm. seasons of us reviewing it episode by episode. And it was the best of times, and it was <laughs> a lot of the worst of times in places, honestly. <laughs> there's, there's more bad episodes mm-hmm. than good, but obviously there's a lot of good episodes there that are worth mm-hmm. remembering. But, you know, we, we did the original 70s movie before we started that. We finished the show, and the plan was always to eventually do the the movies that came after at some point. It, we just kind of forgot about it for a while. So, what better time than October season to finally get to the one that actually has, dare I say, some critical acclaim, and that is <laughs> Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We'll start spoiler-free. We'll give you a warning before we get into spoilers. Uh, but that is the, the gist of it. Uh, obviously, there's a premise of the, the story itself. But yeah, we do have some Crypt Keeper bookends, uh, just like the mm-hmm. show. Uh, the premise involves a man played by William Sadler being chased by another man played by Billy Zane. It's a pretty insane like who's who cast in this, to be honest. There's a lot of faces in this. It's... It's really great, and it's almost like all the character actors, but they're all like so good. Uh, I just yeah, I, I feel like I forget a lot of just uh, how many like great people are in this. But yeah, it's a the stack is cast. Yeah, <laughs> the, the cast is stacked, <laughs> as they say. And as a cat who's stacked in this movie too, I to guess I, I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, there's a cat. I'm just trying to say there's a cat. <laughs> there's a cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm really trying to say. Uh, so. That that is uh, how the story starts, but it becomes a bit of a bottle movie. It's kind of a siege movie with demons mm-hmm. and characters surviving in an old church that's been sort of uh, retrofitted into a into like a, a hotel. So mm-hmm. that is the premise of the film, which we'll get to more of the plot later on in spoilers. Uh, but uh, I'll start off by saying I'd never seen this before. This was a first time watch for me. So that was that was there was neat coming into this and sort of finally seeing what all the fuss is about. No one ever tells me about Bordello of Blood. No one ever says you have to watch Bordello of Blood. Oh <laughs> just, boy, just Demon uh, Knight. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, believe it or not, there's actually a somewhat of a third movie. <gasps> uh, that 
there's a uh, I, I actually haven't seen it but I, I heard it's like terrible it's uh tim curry is in it which i mean you know he he's always great but um yeah i think it was supposedly supposed to be a third tales from the crypt movie and then i i'm not sure if they kept it or i, I think they might have just like kind of scrapped it and just made it its own like standalone movie but it, it was like I, th I think i'm pretty sure it was like just straight to video or whatever and it's not very good so not many people talk about it. but there's kind of a spiritual third movie uh, oh, did you watch we'll the out, um huh? did you watch the uh end credits uh, of this one i did see the little benny post credit thing at the very yeah. end yes because it is interesting he also mentions uh another movie which actually didn't get made uh that was supposed to be the sequel so that's kind of interesting too but yeah I don't, it's funny we're so used to these marvel movies that promise <laughs> a movie then we actually get the movie the the, the idea that they would make a promise they couldn't keep <laughs> with, with like hey come back for the next one it's like oh yeah. the next one doesn't exist so yeah well we'll get into things we'll talk about quality and uh all, all the usual things and the insane cast that are in this i only mentioned two of the names but there's a lot of faces in this to, to discuss uh but you had seen this before you you have yeah. kind of uh recommended it before so it's probably not a surprise yeah. to get the answer to this question <laughs> but tim how did you feel watching once again tales from the crypt demon knight yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's no surprise. I absolutely love this movie. I I saw it when I was pretty young. I I think I remember uh, my brothers or something had rented it. And I, I think I, I sat in and, and watched it. Um, I I specifically remember that because there's uh the one scene where uh, Thomas Hayden Church's character is like uh, has these like electric prods on his nipples, and I I just remember being like very confused by that, like because I like I was like, what is that? Like, what are they doing? And I remember uh, asking, like, bugging my brothers about it and them just being like, uh, we'll tell you when you're older. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and uh, I still haven't really figured it out. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think I, f I completely understand uh, exactly. Like, I, I guess I, it's just... I, I understand it as a broad concept that people do this kind of thing. I, would, yeah. I wouldn't say I understand <laughs> it, understand it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no shame if that's the kind of thing you like. It's cool. It's just, yeah, I, was, I, I never knew, knew like, what was going on uh, since I was a kid, but uh yeah i remember liking it as a kid and then i feel like it's not one that i really thought about for most of my life until i feel like recently it, it had i don't know if it had a resurgence in you know like most like you know like uh cult horror whatever uh circles but uh for me it's one that for some reason just kind of started popping up more and more and like I think a couple of years ago, yeah, I, I hadn't seen it in a while, and then I got the like special edition Scream Factory Blu-ray, and I, I watched it, and I was just really like blown away by like, oh yeah, I remember liking this as a kid, but watching it now, like this is so much fun, uh, especially you know in a decade like the '90s. I feel like are you know like there's a very specific horror that we think of in the '90s, which is like you know kind of like the Scream, um, and that like whole new wave of slashers uh, that it set off, and then. You know, I feel like there's definitely like a lot of gems in the 90s, but it's not um, maybe one of the most prolific or um, beloved like decades for horror. But I think this is a prime example of like just a really, really uh, spot on, uh, you know, terrific, uh, you know, horror movie. It's uh, like you said, it's like a siege movie. It's like a bottle movie, which is always really fun. Uh, the cast is so good, which I think is like, yeah, one of the reasons why it's you know, so rewatchable. Um, 
and you know like uh, and again i have a lot of fondness for the show even though when we did rewatch it there was a lot of bad episodes but just having like those little crypt keeper bookends and like the theme music at the start and everything i you know i thought those parts were really funny and it gets you like in a good mood for uh the movie i i, I do think if i have one complaint is and it's like super super minor but like it this doesn't really feel like a tales from the crypt episode but i mean i, I don't think that really like you know, you know <laughs> bothers me too much because it is so good it's like well whatever and also it's like a movie so you can make the argument like well maybe they want to do something different for the movie or whatever um so so i'm fine with that uh but uh yeah i mean other than that i just think it's yeah super fun like you know has like good um you know mostly like good like practical effects and i, I think billy zane is like a really like fun villain he does you know he's like very cheesy and over the top but um he's one of the few people that can pull it off well i always think that's really hard to do with horror it's having like you know the funny goofy kind of villain like you know freddie pulls it off here and there but not many other people like can can really do it and uh i think he's just so like you know charming and fun to watch uh, in this movie um that yeah i really 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 enjoy it and it, again it's just one that kind of keeps creeping up like in my like list of favorite horror movies the more i watch it like yeah no this is just a really solid fun uh movie doesn't get much better than this as they say <laughs> I'm just I'm, I was I was caught myself chuckling internally a little bit there because halfway through that that monologue, uh, there was a moment <laughs> where you said you know it's a really good like horror movie and I'm like well that's, that's what we talk about Tim yeah, that's that's what we're here for horror movies yes that's the subject true. to hand <laughs> yeah so that was my first time watching this am i like the only person that usually ends up like talking this much sometimes i listen to the other podcasts and just be like so did you enjoy the movie and they're like yeah i thought it was good what do you think <laughs> it's just varying degrees so, so, like sometimes I, I there's a there's a happy medium that i'm looking for and some people give me one word and i'm like elaborate you fool and then you sometimes go into a five minute monologue and i'm like we're gonna get to a lot of this time you don't have to necessarily pull your whole load in the first 30 seconds i like to get it out of the way so i can just sit back and then listen to you talk about whatever dumb aspect ratio <laughs> you want to talk about uh the film's a 1.85 to 1 just in case you were wondering but um that's not a lot <laughs> What does that even mean? It's not a lot. Like 1.85? Like they couldn't go to like 4, 5, 6? Come on. Tim, you may think you want a 6 to 1 aspect ratio movie, but I promise you, you would not like it. <laughs> the widest movie I believe I have ever seen, or that it might have even ever been made uh, at, a, at a movie scale, is like 2.75 to 1. That's like your... I'm trying to think of an example. What's 2.75 to 1? There's definitely one or two big epics that are that shape. Like Ben Horror thinks like that. Dragonheart. Not Dragonheart. I don't think it's Dragonheart. Anyway, so this is the first time I watched Steven Knight, and uh, I actually disagree with something you said there. I do think this feels like a Tales from the Crypt episode. Uh, Interesting. I think there's okay. a, enough tone and kind of the, the absurdity and the silliness of the practical effects <laughs> and the sense of humor that it does kind of feel like a Tales from the Crypt episode to me, but... Well, we can talk about the specifics of that once we sure, sure, sure. Uh, get into uh, spoilers and details. But uh, no, I had fun time. Uh, this is a fun, nice. uh, solid movie. I did not know it was a bottle movie, which I always enjoy. I did not know <laughs> about all the cast. I, I think what sticks out is the first thing we have to mention, and this, this popped it in my head within the first couple of minutes, 
is that William Sadler, who's an actor that I really, really like in a lot of things, mm, me too. was the star of the first ever episode of Tales from the Crypt, which I don't think is an accident. Oh. I, I think they did this intentionally. Was that the... Wait, is it the... Oh, wait, yeah, the... the what, uh, Was it the, like, Executioner yeah, episode? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's right. death row, yeah. Oh, very good call. Yeah, yeah. so... And that, oh, that's really neat. And I'm sure some of these other actors have probably popped mm-hmm. up. I would be like, I don't remember specifically, but I love Dick Miller as well. He's in this. I would, you oh, know, so good. Yeah, I would not be surprised if he's in an episode that I've forgotten mm-hmm. about now. But uh, and, Dick, uh, and oh, for the record, uh, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get to Bordello of Blood. Um, you know, at some point. Uh, so yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to spoil my thoughts on on the actual movie, but I will say that uh, Sadler does return in the like opening Crypt Keeper segments of that one, so it is at least oh. worth it for that. Okay, okay. Um, so, but now Dick Miller's a really fun character actor who mm-hmm. I've, I've been a big fan of from Joe Dante movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, obviously, Billy Zane has got a very weird career. Uh, <laughs> you know, the first thing I think most people really got to know him in was Titanic. But Phantom. Oh. But obviously he was in something like The Phantom, uh, which was, <laughs> The Phantom was kind of like a, a, a movie channel like speciality where it was always playing on one of the movie channels so you, you tend to catch it if you were if you're in our age range you probably caught it on cable back in the day yeah uh, but <laughs> yes he was in that he's, he's actually also in the the twin peaks tv show uh the original tv show oh, right, at one right, point right, yeah uh yeah. which was he that was a weird face when he popped up in that but you got belly yeah. in there uh who is excellent in the movie, actually. I think he's actually very good in a role. It's maybe one of the best performances by Billy Zane I think I've seen. So Totally agree. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll talk more about that in a bit. Uh, as far as the other, obviously, Gina Pinkett Smith's in here. Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting about her is that I first saw her in Scream 2. And I remember I thinking remember. when I saw Scream 2 that, well, the whole thing with the start, and admittedly, I wasn't thinking about it too deeply. I was still a kid. But mm-hmm. the whole thing with Scream 1 was that you had that big shock of, like, oh, Drew Barrymore's this, like, kind of well-known person in the opening <laughs> scene, and they're going to kill her off. I remember <laughs> thinking, like, okay, I know who Judith Pinkett Smith is a couple of years later because she's in the Matrix movies and she's married to Will Smith. But, like, was she in... But did anyone know who she was when Scream 2 came out? Did they do the same mm-hmm. thing? But now that I'm watching this, and this came out in 1995, two years before Scream 2, I'm thinking, oh, maybe the horror community at least did. The horror community probably, yeah. like, had a bit of a fun kind of, like, oh, that's, you know, that's her from For sure. Demon Knight. Um, and maybe there's other things, too, that I've not uh, came across, but that was a fun element to it. So yeah. you got her, uh, you've got um, the actress, uh, she's got, like, it's like initials, like CCH. CCH Pounder? Yeah. Now, I think her most prolific role is probably as a character on the shield the tv show and uh, not the marvel thing i know tim's going to make a joke uh <laughs> i was gonna make a psycho 4 joke actually but <laughs> well i was going to say yes for horror fans she was also in psycho 4 that is true but uh her her famous role is probably the shield uh or the mm-hmm. fx show which is a very good show not horror really it's been anyway but really good show good. No, I, I, a show i surprisingly watched and oh you yes, did good Oh yeah, <laughs> really? Okay. I, I often this was, it. there was a time when I actually did watch like non horror <laughs> stuff and non genre stuff where, <laughs> yeah. So I surprisingly have seen that. Oh, wonderful! Uh, I think the season five finale of that is one of the best season finales I've ever seen of anything. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's that's the season with Forrest Whitaker in it. Just in case you're mm-hmm. trying to place that. Yeah, I, I I mean I don't remember it like beat by beat, but yeah. I, I, sounds familiar trust me that ending's pretty memorable if i, if I told i'm not going to spoil okay. it but if i told you what it was you'd be like oh yeah that oh, sure, sure. uh 
But so so she's really great in that. So it was nice seeing her. Um, uh, so that's a lot of the bigger stars. But there's some other faces you recognise in here. Well, I think Thomas Hayden Church is Tom, pretty big too. Thomas Hayden Church, yeah, he's kind of a bigger name. But I don't know if I, if I like him in as much stuff as some of these other actors. Oh sure 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 yeah. I mean, what, I mean, what we compare him to, especially in this era, Speed Two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I I actually watched like a lot of Wings as a kid, so I knew him as the guy on Wings. Uh, uh, but... I've never seen Wings. I'm afraid. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't have to. I, I mean, I, I do have a. Uh, actually, I, I do think it's a pretty good sitcom, but it, I'm like a '90s sitcom, but sure, it's sure. not like necessary viewing. Um, you have Charles Fleischer, who is uh the mailman. He played uh probably best known for he did the voice of uh, Roger Rabbit. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Uh, the sheriff's John Shuck, who was a Klingon in a couple of Star Trek movies. So again, Ooh. he's got one of those faces that you kind of recognize if you're not. The one mm-hmm. that caught me off guard is uh the prostitute cordelia um <laughs> which by, by the way this is the the only thing other than the hit television show buffer the vampire slayer that i've ever seen the name cordelia ever appearing That's true. yeah <laughs> uh, and this came first bizarrely not before the movie but it came before the show mm-hmm. uh, the show obviously started in 1997 this is mm-hmm. 95 so who knows maybe uh old joss was seen this in the theater when he was like thinking of the characters <laughs> for the show and he he heard the name and thought oh that's a nice name i'm gonna i'm sure like that. him and the director of Candyman three were sitting around tossing <laughs> ideas <laughs> for the show you worked on like an episode in like season four or some of that <laughs> shut up <laughs> but anyway so so that, that the actress who plays this character cordelia um brenda backs the actress's name but um, I, I couldn't get it out of my head when i first saw it. i was like she looks familiar I feel like I know her face. I've actually seen her face in a few things, that maybe that were a lot earlier or a lot later. That I would—that's not what I'm thinking of because she obviously looked different enough. The thing that I recognised her from, though, that came out the same year as this. Funnily enough, she is in Under Siege Two: Dark Territory. <laughs> okay. Um, she is the the computer science lady who is uh, like early on in the film. She's like one of the people the terrorists are after. Um, okay. So I was like, oh, I, I wasn't just being crazy. I mean, it turned out she was in some stuff uh, like, oh, hold on, let me look. She was in LA Confidential. I don't remember her in that. I've only seen that the once. But, you know, so she's popped up elsewhere. But um, that, that was what I was recognizing her from, was Under yeah. Siege 2, of all things. I don't think I recognized her from, like, from those uh, those things. But, like, um, but I think she does do a great job in here. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, e- even the people that aren't, like, you know, uh, ones like I, I recognize right away. I think you know, still did like a you know pretty good job here. Yeah, she was an episode of Charmed, for example. Oh, okay. So that's the sort of thing that I probably saw her on. Um, and if if you go further back, she may have been. I'm sure I saw something else when I was looking at. Oh, Death Spa. She was in Death Spa. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Which okay. we've not we've not done that in the show, but I have seen it. Have we not? Oh wow! No, we haven't done Death Spa. I think we hmm. watched it together bizarrely. I think we watched it together yeah. uh, over... Did we do a commentary for it or something? No, no, I think we just watched it. I think we were just hanging out watching some movies okay. one night. Uh, <laughs> that was that was it. But we never reviewed it on yeah. the show. So we'll have to do okay. that at some point because Death Spot is definitely am. worthy of discussion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big fan of Death Spot. Uh, Actually, I haven't seen it in a while. So Maybe when we get the bonus movies back up and running, that'll yeah. be a, a key bonus feature. That'd but. Uh, yeah, so so it's a great cast. Great cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a mix of characters who are very pulpy, fed into some caricatures here or there, uh, but it's a bottle siege movie 
a lot of this is speaking to me. I don't necessarily love every single thing that's in the movie. There's definitely some kind of like wacky Tales from the Crypt concepts that just kind of get thrown in there as well. But okay. for the most part, it's fun. It's well paced. The main characters are fairly likable. And it kind of fits a vibe that... Like, I'm glad this exists and it existed when it did exist because I think... Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, I would enjoy, like, a new version of this. If, if you made this story now, it'd probably still work for the most part. But mm-hmm. there is kind of definitely a vibe. I, I always love discovering movies from these previous eras and, like, mm-hmm. capturing what came, you know, from that time period with it in a bottle. Uh, oh, sure. No pun intended, given, <laughs> given <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some of the, the plot of the movie. But... Uh, so I had fun, like you say, practical effects are mostly good. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think there's obviously some very intentional, like sort of the demons kind of like Cryptkeeper-esque yeah. uh, <laughs> a lot of the time, and I think that's obviously mm-hmm. an intentional choice. But for for me, it's just the fun and the characters and the try to survive and the, the like, how do we survive? You know, you've got the asshole character who's kind of like causing more trouble than he's worth. You've got sympathetic characters uh varying degrees you got characters who turn out to not be sympathetic yeah. <laughs> once you realize what they were going to do like there's a lot of mix of things uh so yeah yeah like i think it, it's not like i mean like i hope it's not insulting but like i don't think it's like a very deep movie like what you're kind of saying there when you're just saying like yeah it's just a fun movie like that's uh, yeah exactly mm-hmm. how i feel like it's um like it's a very good fun movie but like you know it, it's not like there's something deeper to it it's like oh well you know it's this really brilliant movie because what it's saying here is like no it's like nothing like that it's just like no, it, it's not it is like it, it is kind of just like what you're saying like it's a fun movie I mean, with it's, fun it, characters I, I think what you're saying it's a b movie right you know it's a yeah 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 you know, it's a really good b like, movie and that's yeah like it and it knows what it is like it plays into that it's not trying to be like you know super serious or like you know some I don't know, like over the top big budget blockbuster thing. It's just, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's like a fun B movie. But you know, I think where it excels is kind of like you were saying before. Like, you know, it has just this great cast with very likable characters that you, you know you have fun watching. And um, yeah, and it's like you know it goes by quickly. It's not like overwrought or too stuffed or anything. So it, yeah, it's just like a fun time to watch. Yeah. Plus, you know, I'm always a fan of finding more movies from the early to mid nineties that have uh, Universal's music from that time at the start. Okay. <laughs> because it was such, it was like a short-lived period of like six years where they had this particular theme before they switched to the current one. And I like the current, the current one's actually really good too, but like I, I do have a bit of nostalgia. And I, I think it's because it was like, there's like a couple of movies from my childhood. I don't know, like Casper had the old one, like this one that's in this. I think Back to Future Part 3, I think had it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. That's obviously not a, it's nothing to do with the movie. I'm just, you know, pointing out that <laughs> sure. I like it. Uh, yeah. So, no, that's neat. Um, I, I guess the one thing I will say I'm surprised about, actually, is that I really thought, even though they didn't do this on the show, I thought they might go back for Cryptkeeper segments once or twice in the middle, and they never did. Oh, okay. They just yeah. they saved it all the way till the end, which, while I do think it feels Cryptkeeper, or sorry, Tales from the Crypt in tone, mm-hmm. um, like, you could easily cut off the Crypt Keeper segments that start in the end and just it could just be a movie called Demon Knight and it would work. It would still work as a movie. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that this uh, just completely started off as its own separate movie and then they just, you know, went, got but the script however, somehow. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. I mean, you, you literally could do that 
Like, there's absolutely no reason why a, a series of anthology movies like this mm-hmm. have to start off as being made for that anthology. Like, you can yeah. you can go make the movie, and then if you want to, like, sort of buy it up and incorporate it into your anthology series, you just do it, and you just make some segments for the start and the end. Boom. You're done. Obviously... Done deal. Obviously, they knew at some point, because there is some Tales from the Crypt references in the story itself. Mm-hmm. Not a right, huge right. ton, but there's a couple... Um, yeah. So they clearly knew when they were making it that it was it was going to be Tales from the Crypt, but I, you know, I, yeah, the, 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 I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think, um, you know, no. <laughs> the, this isn't like what, uh, with the Hellraiser sequel where oh, this was clearly right. some random crappy like thriller horror movie that you've shoved Pinhead into for a second to justify yeah. it being called Hellraiser. This is not that. This this can be other things. The whole point of Crypt Keeper is that it just presents different horror stories, really. So right, yeah. And so. sure, there is like a tone, there's like a vibe maybe they have to kind of have, they have to be kind of fun, <laughs> maybe with a stark sense of humor, sure. But like, you know, so it would feel, it feel weird if like Martyrs was presented as <laughs> Tales from the Crypt, Martyrs, sure. like that would be a bit off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I was in the Crypt Keeper cracking jokes about that movie. <laughs> I mean, it might not be that bad, but <laughs> yeah, it might be weird. I'm not saying that I don't want to. I'm just saying right. <laughs> it, it, it would definitely feel like, oh, there's been a shift here in the types of stories that the Crypt Keeper is presenting us. Um, I mean, I I will say uh, the, yeah, like the beginning and the ending uh, Crypt Keeper segments really do <laughs> make me laugh. Like, like they're very cheesy, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, just like, I, I don't know. I, I always think the Crypt Keeper is funny, even though like, yeah, he he's obviously doing like very bad puns and stuff, but uh, it it works for the shtick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so with that said, I think we'll give the spoiler warning so we can actually talk about all the stuff that happens in the movie. So full spoilers from this point on. Uh, I, obviously, we'll start with the opening Crypt Keeper segment. Why wouldn't we? Uh, <laughs> I do appreciate they still do the opening of the the show. Like they just, I mean, it looks better because it's you know the felt they, they do it like they've, they've redone it in film and like the you know the bigger aspect ratio. Uh, but as the opening, we're going to the house and down the stairs and all that. Really, and I mean, yeah. Again, by the end of the show, when we were doing it, it was starting to like get like exhausting. But like, I never, I never grew tired of the opening. Like, it's just oh, no. it's a great, great song and yeah, great intro, big creepy. And they never thing. actually changed the um, like the format is still kind of there where we have our opening segment play out after the title. Uh, it's a bit more in depth than what was on the show because they've got obviously more money and they want to do something flashy for the movie. But uh, mm. you know, the title of the movie, Demon Knight itself, doesn't come up until like in the show when the the episode's title would come up mm-hmm. and the credits play out like the credits in a Tales from Crypt episode. So they didn't try to like make it like oh we have to do, be more cinematic and have the credits play out in this way. They just no, we're doing the exact. So the opening when as it was starting as they're driving down the road and you've got just mm-hmm. the text coming up and the font, it just it feels like the start of an episode, just bigger. Yeah. Now, did you think? Uh... Did you think the movie was starting right away, like with the woman in the tub? Like, did did they get you with that fake out? <laughs> nah, because I I was one. I was like, "Where's my Crypt Keeper segment? This has to be like a." <laughs> that's, I, what I thought they were doing, which is I guess I'm kind of right, but it was a bit more meta than that. Is I thought that what they were doing was they were doing this as the end of a this previous story that he was telling, and then he would lead okay. us into whatever the you know the main movie story. Uh, instead, it was the whole skit was is he was directing a movie. <laughs> uh, and his opening skit. Um, and it's this ridiculous thing where the supermodel 
babe has just <laughs> murdered her husband and she's still in her sexual lingerie she's still all made up and she's so turned on by the fact that she's just murdered her husband and goes to have a bath so we have this gratuitous shot right in front of her giant wabbles <laughs> and Joe, Joe, actually Joe's funny about this opening segment is that it, it almost felt like it was kind of a a critique of the show in a way because I felt like this opening segment summed up like half the episodes of the show which is oh. so- someone <laughs> someone does something bad to someone probably kills them and that person comes back to life to murder the perpetrator that that's yeah. like half the episodes of the show and that's what happens here <laughs> yeah i mean i think so much of the show is like the you're usually following like a bad person and, and then it, the tales are usually like about them getting their just desserts uh, kind of ending which is what i was kind of saying before when i said mm. the movie doesn't necessarily feel like an episode it to me because it, it doesn't, doesn't follow that, that plot yeah it doesn't follow yeah. that structure but i would say that a lot of the other the tonal things and definitely yeah, is there yeah, yeah. Agreed. uh so yeah but th- th- that is funny yeah that is they, like this opening like two minutes or, or whatever does just feel like a sum up of it like every ep- or every other episode I, and i think it actually kind of points out why the last like three seasons were a chore to get through is because at yeah. a certain point it's like yeah you can sum this up in like a minute you don't have to like the 22 <laughs> minutes you were taking to tell these stories at that point were not necessary and it was tedious to get through uh, and there was actually a couple where it was just randomly the person who was killed comes back to life as like a zombie to kill the person yeah. there was a few like that so that you know, you know the husband's coming to kill her in the bath and then the crypt keeper yells cut and starts complaining about the the acting uh, we get some puns and he's he's big hot hot shot producer director now. He's like, yeah, I'm, I've went to Hollywood. I'm going to show you what I've been working on, and that's how that's what leads us into the into the movie. It's just a fun opening. It's you know, it's, yeah. it, it's got the sense of humor uh, down down to the ridiculous, you know, like the hot babe with her boobs out saying she's so turned on that she killed her husband. Mm-hmm. Like right down to that joke. It's so tales from the crypt. And I love the you know he's yelling at the guy that's like playing the. Uh, zombie or whatever and what's the guy say he's like oh where'd they dig this guy up <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> even, he, even that actor i reckon I, I didn't look him up but he looked familiar yeah, yeah I, I did recognize him um i think one thing uh that maybe they could have done that would have been funny is if they had like robert zemeckis or something like hanging around mm. the set or like one of those like million like producers <laughs> that they had on the show yeah yeah because obviously they had some famous people who were behind the show yeah. uh so mm. you know uh, that'd have been cool, but um, but the director of this, Ernest R. Dickerson, is his name. Uh, I can't say I'm familiar. He's worked in other films, in other roles. He's done some. He, he was a cinematographer and do the right thing, which is obviously a mm-hmm. a well known movie. But as far as directing credits goes, uh, he does a lot of TV now. Seemingly, he's still working today. Uh, has been doing TV episodes for a long time. He's done. A number of Bosch episodes. He's done some House of Ooh, Cards. Gosh. He's done some The Walking Dead, uh, Dexter episodes. So yeah, he's been working on like cable TV and streaming TV for a, a while. Oh, he's even done episodes of The Wire. That's that's really highbrow Ooh. stuff. So, uh, power to him. Uh, seems to have been doing TV since the early two thousands. Um, as far as movies goes, though, it doesn't look like he's done a whole lot that was uh memorable. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not recognizing <laughs> any of these names at all. Yeah. And a few of them are TV movies, so hey ho. Mm. 
Well, I mean, he knocked it out of the park with this one, so... <laughs> I mean, maybe that, that tells you he's a workman director. In fact, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me. I didn't, I didn't even check, but it wouldn't surprise me if he did an episode or two of the show, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably. I wouldn't be surprised. That would make some sense. I... Let's see. Um, no, I'm curious. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to look him up, too, but... I'll do some uh, I... waiting music while Tim <laughs> searches for answers. Um, I, I should probably mention, too, uh, I did see a couple of years ago, uh, I got to see they are doing, like, a special... Um, showing of this at a, a theater near me and they had um, like uh, Ernie Dickerson was there and then a few like uh, Sadler and Fleischer and then I think maybe like a producer or someone else was uh, on there but um, yeah that, that was a really good time unfortunately I don't really remember any of like you know they didn't really have any like crazy stories or anything about the uh, you mm. know, series it, itself or at least none that I can really remember but uh, I'm glad to hear you're such good terms with the director. You call him Ernie. You you, <laughs> you got a nickname for him. Oh, it looks like he did Bones, which uh, I I don't think is like a great movie, but uh, I, I think there was like some interesting stuff there. But uh, yeah, geez, he did so much stuff. Like it, it's so hard when you look at people and they're like TV director because they just have like a hundred credits. Yeah, yeah. But hey, it means it means he's a he's, he's a consistent worker. He's getting paid, so. Yeah. Uh, hard, hard to be mad for him. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So to get into the main story of the the movie, though, though, uh, we Dodo, Dodo, Dodo. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, you kind of mentioned who the villain was earlier, and I don't think it's that sure. much of a spoiler. But the movie does do the yeah, true. Like where you know you're not really sure which one's the good guy and which one's mm -hmm. the bad guy. I think it's actually pretty clear. If you're paying attention, even though it kind of tries to tease that William Sadler's a bad guy, I think yeah. the performance and the way he talks to people tells you that he's actually the good guy. And Billy Zane has For been sure. far too, <laughs> far too smelly, far too cocky and smarmy that he's definitely the villain. So it's not. I don't think it's like. A, it, well, first of all, it's a fairly early revelation. Um, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, but yeah. So, but you know, they do do that. So, um, but yeah, the big car crash. You know, they drive into each other. And uh, William Sadler goes on the run, tries to steal a car, gets caught, ends up running into Dick Miller, who's getting drunk <laughs> randomly. That's kind of his character. And says, hey, is there anywhere I can spend the night? And he takes him to this this old church that has been retrofitted into some kind of bed and breakfast. And that's where we meet some of our other characters who are kind of hanging it's out just, there. Yeah, it's just like out in the middle of nowhere, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like out in the desert, basically. Uh, they're yeah. in New Mexico, uh, specifically. Oh, did they say that? Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a sign. He walks yeah, past a sign saying New Mexico at one oh, point. Okay. Uh, so, so, unless it was a lie, unless it was a deception. <laughs> no, that, that definitely sounds like a, yeah, that, that would make sense because it feels very, like, deserty, desolate kind of area. Um, also, I, I think we're, I, I think we see it at some point in the beginning. Uh, he has, like, these stars <laughs> on his hand. <laughs> that uh mm -hmm. are moving around <laughs> yes yes it's, it's, it's like little tattoos but they move around yeah. yeah uh so so obviously there's a tease and it's called demon night so i'm expecting demons and shit so uh, you know I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm presuming there's some supernatural elements that are going to yeah. sneak its way in at some point uh, uh you know as they were racing each other on the road i wasn't thinking oh this is just two 
men having a race fight. <laughs> <laughs> like, I figured there was probably more to who these two characters are. I mean, uh, a race fight sounds like something very different. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, a race. It's called a race. Yes, I know. But you, you, forgive, I know what you're saying. But... For, forgive me for adding some color to the commentary, okay? Okay. <laughs> so it's here we meet uh, our interesting batch of characters. Uh, nice variety. Um, You know, Thomas Hayden Church shows up a little bit later, but he's like the asshole character. Uh, we have the mailman who's kind of this timid, kind of nervous guy who the to Cordelia the prostitute is kind of nice to and wants to give him a freebie to cheer him up because he's been fired from his job. He's a mailman. Um, and I, I, he's like obviously very much in love with her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's clearly smitten with her. Uh, it's all very awkward for him. They can all hear when, when Thomas Hayden Church shows up to have sex with her, he, everyone can hear them like downstairs in the, the sort of the, the general area. Uh, but you know, we get interested to all, all of the characters, and uh, they get they, he gets you know William Sadler gets a room, and it kind of sets things up. Now I have a question for you: What the hell was he eating? He put ketchup <laughs> on what looked like melted ice cream. That's what it looked like to me. Uh, I mean, assuming it's some kind of like I don't know, maybe like meatloaf or something. But yeah, I mean, I wasn't too sure either. But I mean, they even joke about it because everyone is kind of astounded <laughs> that he's actually eating it. I'm like, you know, the man's hungry. I just <laughs> denying that, I suppose. But I'm like, is this maybe like a stew? But it's like not the right color. Like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. what is it? I'm confused. Sure. Um, I was baffled. I was baffled by it all. Um, but you know, it, it gives you enough, like, because because I was thinking, oh, maybe because uh, Billy Zane runs into the cops who are investigating the crime, and they're like, and he's like, hey, that man stole something from me. I have to find him. Uh, let's go track him down. And I thought, oh, maybe the whole movie's going to be them, like, try to like get to him, and we're going to spend a lot of time at this uh, this B and B without without anything going down. So yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised at the pacing because you know they do show up relatively early on, and we get this kind of standoff where Jada Pinkett Smith, who's, like, employed uh, by the landlady to do a bunch of jobs, uh, like, she's kind of presented as kind of the uh, the smart badass of, of the group. Um, she gets grabbed by William Sadler so that the cops will put their guns down. There's a bit of a standoff. Uh, they've got him arrested. And Billy Zane keeps keeps saying that he's looking for something, some important item. But he, he, but even the the cops here go, wait, yeah, what are we even looking for? What, what are you like, you've not even said what you're trying to find yet. Like, and you know, I I do kind of like here that uh, I feel like a lot of the time, you know, uh, like in horror movies, the cops are usually kind of, you know, brushed away as being like very like dumb and dismissive. Um, and and I like here that they were actually like smart enough to be like well we're gonna take you both down to the station and get this figured out like we're not just like because it does seem like for a second there that they're just gonna blindly believe billy zane's character but i, I do like that like well no let's not you know just mm. like totally believe him like right now no i i mean obviously the deputy character is kind of a buffoon that's very yeah. much him like when he goes to oh, he's sure. got out of his holster he's kind of fumbling it and he's mm-hmm. he's very much presented as the, as the doofus of the two uh which is why when the sheriff gets killed first because billy zane's like i'm not going to, okay i guess we're gonna to have to do this the hard way he punches <laughs> the sheriff through his face <laughs> and his fist comes out the back and thus starts the chaos of of the night there's a whole kerfuffle 
basically to get you know the 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 the, the vial the, the 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 cross the key if you want to call it that mm-hmm. um with the blood on it uh, obviously i'm thinking this is jesus's blood that makes this this probably what this is it feels like it makes a lot of sense <laughs> but that that's can be used to make barriers at the doors and the windows so eventually william Sadler gets himself out the handcuffs he's able to get him outside and that, thus we have the they're inside the building billy zane's outside he wants to get in uh billy zane raises some demons out of the ground uh they look very crypt keeper-esque and they can't go through the barriers if they go through the barriers they basically get exploded as we see with one of them <laughs> in the sort of the kitchen area and that's good fun so we it's get a... yeah we get all the setup yeah uh, no it's like a great setup and a premise and you know like we talk a lot um you know about different horror movies and how we like when there's like rules uh, with them so uh-huh. i kind of like that this you know quickly sets up like some rules like all right well we got these demons uh they need this key but we can also use it to keep them out but like we only have a limited supply and you know uh you have to use it on like barriers and stuff so it's like a nice fun uh like little setup for everything and you can only kill the demons by destroying oh, yeah, their eyes <laughs> which yeah. is an interesting effect because when they shoot the eyes like you know there's, there's these like green laser beams almost that come firing out it, it yeah. almost looked because it was like an erratic beam rather than a straight beam it was making me think oh you know what if they ever do like dark sides omega beam in a movie, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. it might look something like this not green probably but yeah something akin to this you know what it makes me think of like it, it makes me think of being mad in a video game like you know when you get like enemies and they have like a new way that like oh these characters can only die by this way and you're just like ah oh, that's so annoying like why can't i just like you know shoot them or hack them like normal enemies or <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, but this is this is where the movie's kind of set up into its like groove right and all of this stuff is very exciting and then we're, we're set up in this new status quo. And we have this thing, though, where no one really knows who William Sadler is. It's very clear that he's the good guy in this scenario, but everyone is kind of, like, hesitant to trust him. What are the rules here? And he, because he says to them, like, we just have to last the night. We just have to spend the night here uh, until the morning and just survive and just follow the rules and we'll be okay. And immediately, I mean, Thomas Hayden Church is the one who's the most vocal and, like, giving him shit. But no one at the start is ready to quite believe yet. They're all kind of in shock. They've all just seen demons, right? <laughs> They've seen at least one person get bloodily, you know, killed in a very violent fashion. Mm-hmm. They're all kind of freaking out. And from here, we have kind of a sequence of, like, okay, we have to take care of all the doors. Um... And there's some key moments that take place. Like Jada Pinkett Smith at one point sits down next to William Sadler and says, you know, I kind of knew you were going to hurt me. Uh, you know, do you seem like a good guy for whatever reason? And it kind of, and she's like, hey, so who are you? Like, what is going on? And he's like, oh, I'm just an old man. And obviously it's going to reveal by the time the movie's over who he really is and what's going on, uh, which we'll get into. I, I, I don't know if this is a movie where we're necessarily going to take it beat for beat. I think there's like some key ideas the, the 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 main kind of logistics of it which is the the how can they get in puzzle and all that stuff uh mm. that basically boils down to anyone that comes in he checks by putting the key which is also kind of a cross up to them mm-hmm. uh to check uh, he checks the cat he checks a kid later on eventually he obviously the blood hurts the demons it hurts it hurts billy zane as well so that's the important thing uh but there is also at one point a tunnel they find in, in the basement because there used to be mining 
tunnels around here and they all want to go and leave and he's like against it and so they try that at one point and they end up getting attacked and they have to run back into the house so they end up having themselves like caught upstairs and there's a lot of fun stuff that happens a lot along the way but the other key plot element of this movie is that billy zane and it's very slow at first because he, he goes after the uh the prostitute cordelia first mm-hmm. um she has like a couple of like characters, and this is this is why the movie's kind of good at what it does. Is that it gives her a little bit of a story before she's taken over and before she has to die, right? right. We get the whole thing where, yes, like the cop walks in, her and uh, Thomas in church, and she's got the the electrocution clamps on his yeah. on his nipples, <laughs> uh, and that's that's kind of funny. But then he's kind of a dick to her, and it's actually the, the the mailman who runs out and tries to save her when she's getting attacked. And you know, Thomas Aiden Church almost gets her killed by leading her outside, and it's like, oh, now she's like, no, you're you're like my real friend. You actually care about me. So it gives you this, and it also gives you a little bit of like sympathy for her because Thomas Aiden Church slaps her, and there's a you know, is more of a dick to her. It's like, okay, right, so we're setting up, he's an asshole, we're going to be, have fun when he dies, we're going to enjoy that, and that's going to be great. Um, and we're kind of rooting for her a little bit. It feels like, no, we kind of yeah. want her to survive. And I knew deep down she like she, she, she had mid-movie death written all over her, but, <laughs> yeah. but it made me not want her to die a little bit, and that's good. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the sign of, like, you're making me like the characters, good B-movie stuff. Yeah, like, I, I really can't, like... Um you know, emphasize enough just how well this movie treats its characters. Like, I, you know, again, like, you know, they do kind of play into, like, you know, some tropey uh, stuff, but, like, you know, again, the performances are so great, and, like, you know, they, they, they never really burden you with, like, long backstories or expositions or anything, but you, like, completely know these characters, like, just oh, from yeah, their, yeah. you know, the way they talk, their mannerisms, like, the... You know, it feels like, I mean, we're not even, like, super far into the movie, but, like, even just, like, at this point right here, we, we still have such, like, a good grip on them. And, uh, and like you were saying, like, that's why it does, you know, make it a little more impactful when they, you know, do die or when they have these, like, fantasy sequences. Like, it's, you know, I, I really can't, you know, praise the movie enough for just how well it does that, especially when you think of, like, other movies like this that just have such, like, flat wooden characters. Yeah, it's economical with its time with the characters. You get enough out of them to really kind of get them. And I don't think, like, the archetypes that cat movie, you know, horror characters specifically fall into, they aren't necessarily all bad, as, as long as you're using them sure, as a shorthand yeah. to sort of fill out the cat. As long as the roles are played well and they're likable enough, and mm-hmm. you have actors who sort of give it a bit of charm, it's, it's not a big deal. In fact, if anything... They're a comfort to have the archetypes a little bit, rather than have a bunch of. Because yeah. you know, we we complain so much about modern horror movies that try <laughs> to avoid the archetypes, but all they do instead is have seven identical characters who have no personality yeah. traits <laughs> that are just blank slates, and that's yeah. you know more of a problem I think than having the archetypes. And this movie does actually do a couple of interesting things later on that kind of break some molds, uh, which we'll, we'll get to. Uh, but yeah, so what I was get, getting at, though, with uh, she's the first victim of Billy Zane, sort of, like, he can't come in the house, but he can kind of get into their heads and kind of try and seduce them into turning over to the dark side. And he kind of does it with her. It, it works. She becomes a demon. He kind of plays on her insecurities and says, hey, you know, he treats you this way. And, you know, you, you, you he calls you a whore. And that's an awful word. And, you know, wouldn't you like to get back at him? You know, he kind of gets in her head and it turns her and- into a demon. And this, and I think most of the stuff he does in this movie is like over the top and goofy. But this is the one scene where it does actually come off like 
maybe like a little creepy to me the way he's just kind of like standing outside and like he's not even like moving his lips but like you can hear his voice like talking in her head like there's i don't know <laughs> kind of like a weird eeriness to it i think yeah i, I think billy zane's like attempts to win them over are all entertaining in different ways i think this one's quite yeah. dark and sinister because it's actually preying upon her her weaknesses and her insecurities and kind of belittling yeah. her and like hey you know you're just this so i'm going to exploit that um i think the one with jada pinkett smith and obviously it's important uh for her that she succeeds and sort of rejects the the deal as it's presented but he, he gives her this whole thing where it's like oh you want to travel the world you don't want to just be stuck in this crappy job and all this you want to have a life and shows her like herself like taking selfies and this is before the word selfie existed but <laughs> taking selfies yeah. in paris and other cities around the world and tries to kind of like smoothly like talk to her because he appears you know in her mind in the stream or fantasy behind her and kind of dances a little bit and kind of tries to woo her and she spits in his face you know she, she rejects it but he's so charismatic in this that there's kind of a fun to it and it almost becomes this like how's he going to appear to the others and you know he he, he becomes this kind of sly bartender with a like a beret and sunglasses on when he's trying to seduce dick miller who's the drunk into taking a drink but not just any drink taking his drink which is him accepting his offer and of course the, the other part of this which yeah. I assume you want to mention is the copious <laughs> amount of boobage in this There's scene. So many breasts in the scene. <laughs> yeah, basically he walks into like a tiki bar and all the women are topless and all saying, "Go yeah. on, have a drink." Uh, what's funny is I, you know, I when I was looking at the the the, the character, the act, the IMDb list at the very bottom, I I noticed the name Chasey Lane and I'm like, wait, I recognize that name because the Bloodhound Gang <laughs> have a song oh. called "The Ballad oh. of Chasey Lane." Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, she's a porn star, Tim. <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> which I can why, assume. Yes, yeah. which is why they, they wrote a song about her. Um, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. I bet they're, all, they're probably all porn stars. Well, a lot of them. <laughs> Good on them. <laughs> I mean, look, look, there was a very high percentage of uh, enhanced breasts amongst these boobs. Mm. <laughs> Right. Yes. So, uh, so practical, that, effects. <laughs> practical effects. Practical effects. <laughs> that was the practical effects budget. They had to get the little jobs. <laughs> Rick Baker himself was in there putting in the implants. <laughs> um, but yes, that does not shock me. That at least some of those uh, actresses were porn stars. But um, yes, but they're all like, "Go and have a drink," and then as he takes a drink and he accepts it from. From yeah, it became fun like watching him like become these different like personas trying to win them over, uh, in different ways. Uh, but as he's taking a drink, they're all like, "Yes, go on, drink, have another one." Yes, <laughs> it's kind of like having like twelve sexy devils over your shoulder <laughs> trying <laughs> trying to tell you to do something. Yeah. Um, but yes, and sure enough, that's what makes him become a demon later on in the movie. Uh, which you know they have good fight. That's the one where it's the it's actually the kid who kills him, uh, the kid who ends up joining them uh, from the tunnels. Uh, he puts his head. Oh, it's not. Is it kid or is it Jada Pinkett Smith? He, what? Yeah, but it's the antlers. This is the antlers' death. Yeah, yeah. So so basically, uh, I I forget how it happens, but like his head comes off, and then the kid picks it up, and like uh, yeah, basically just like kind of brings it over and shoves it into the antlers. Yeah. The like the it is kind of weird like the uh, yeah I I do want to 
you know, uh, like I think mostly the effects in here are good, but I don't know, something about his head doesn't really look like Dick Miller. No, I agree. I, I noticed that as well. It wasn't even just, it wasn't even just the, the, the cut off head, actually. It was, um, before he's like the demon. Yeah, beforehand, he, he's, he's turned into the demon. I thought, that doesn't look like Dick Miller. And then there's a moment where he turns back into Dick Miller to say hello to the kid. And yeah. And then when he turned back into the demon again, I thought, it's actually noticeable. I, I don't know if it was a stuntman or if the makeup was just altering his face so much that it just... Yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> it didn't look him. Uh, we should mention, actually, when they were fighting the uh, the prostitute when she turned into a demon, mm-hmm. um, she <laughs> she rips off <laughs> Pounder's arm. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a brutal scene. Uh, it rips it off completely. And, so there's a lot of, like, going for the eyes. You know, the, the head and the antlers was to destroy the eyes because they were still alive. Um, here's the shotgun to the eyes, and then the, the eyes yeah. themselves are on their own, and they're kind of dangling about, and they have to shoot them as well, so... And I do like uh, when we get later um, with uh, CCH Pounder's, uh, like, little uh, scene with Billy Zane where he's offering her her arm again, and she's basically just like, screw you. Yeah, he offers it in a platter as if it's, like, a fish or something, yeah. like, here. <laughs> and he just, like, raises uh, her, like, the nub uh, that she has left, and he's like, what's that? And she's like, that's me giving you the finger. Like, that was very a, good one-liner. That was a funny line, yeah. No, that, yeah. Was, that was funny. Uh, she she has a big ending, of course. She has the, the yep. sacrificial. She so weird plot detail here, but <laughs> in the attic where she thought she she'd forgotten, she found this is where the kid starts reading the, t- the tales from the crypt comic book, which kind of possesses yeah. him. But they find like a trunk that the mailman was keeping up there that mm-hmm. had all of the mail that he said he didn't know where it all went, but it turned out he was actually still in the mail and 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 reading them. <laughs> but it, they also found a bunch of guns and a bunch of grenades and a letter that basically said that he was going to, like, kill everyone at the mailroom for Cordelia. Now, at this point in the movie, he's already dead because yeah. Cordelia herself um, killed him. You know, she, she kissed him yeah. and then uh, messed him up. But And you felt some sympathy for him. And all I could think during this reveal that he was going to, like, you know, go postal um yeah. is the fact that we have the phrase go postal and it was like a, a joke on seinfeld um i mean yeah it, it's funny i mean i don't know like if a lot of people like remember this uh especially maybe people like you know born in the 2000s or whatever but like the 90s there was like a lot of like yeah postman going crazy like jokes uh i feel like in what well, was there, I, was there an actual incident that, that spurned on I, I mean, I, I feel like there has to have been like at least one or two incidents. To, well, I can't even say it. incidents. Uh, where so like I mean that's why it must be a thing. But like, yeah, I wonder was it something that like, you know, oh yeah, it happened like five different times like around the country, or is it like oh it happened once and then we blew it out of proportion or something like I don't know. Yeah, it's so weird, but uh, yeah. But anyway, so I thought a Newman uh, basically yeah. uh, in this scene. But uh, yeah, so so Pounder gets to like you know she has like a, she's rigged up all the grenades on the belt to like come off at the same time, and she sacrifices herself for some reason. Bob, the deputy, also decides to stay back with her and like go yeah. out in a blaze of glory together, uh, which leads us to our big big climax uh, up top in the attic. Which yeah. we have to go back and talk about the series of flashbacks. Uh, so throughout mm-hmm. the movie. William Sadler's having flat, and it's like it goes back to the crucifixion. 
right <laughs> where someone's under christ as he's on the cross and his blood's dripping we see like the blood get into the vial right on in this key um and then we see a flashback later on which is how william sadler's character became involved in this is basically this is passed down from chosen one to chosen one and he was a soldier in world war one in the trenches and this guy who was a previous chosen one so we have a cordelia in this and a chosen one i don't think that's a, an accident <laughs> right but uh so this guy like pours his blood into the vial so every every chosen one at the end of their tenure pours their blood into the vial to sort of refill it and hands it to the, the new the, the new chosen one and uh, you know, that's just how William Sadler got his his you know start with this and it all builds yeah. up as he explained do you want me to explain this first there oh sure no yeah you can go sorry all right. so <laughs> he explains to the group like I know we're out of the movie when they're demanding to know what's going on like fully just open mm-hmm. up, you know out with it he explains where the veil came from and that it's a key one of seven uh, and the demons uh, not the demons that are being raised uh, from the ground, but Billy Zane's, he's, he's like a d- proper demon. Uh, that when creation happened, before that there was darkness, and in the darkness there was demons. And, like, they got six of the keys. If they get the seventh key, the darkness will return. You know, all creation is gone. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so, basically, every time the seven stars align and there's seven people which it became seven when the other characters came in. Because mm-hmm. he says that. I thought we were safe because it was only five of us. Or only five of you, not including him. Uh, but then the other characters came in with the cops, and lo and behold, uh, we have the, the, the recipe. Seven stars, seven people. It's time for this fight to happen. Uh, and, of course, as soon as I saw the flashback of him in the World War One, like having it passed to him, I thought, well, he's obviously going to pass this to someone else at the end of the movie. And then immediately I thought, oh, Jada Pinkett Smith is a the one who's been shown to have a bit of a chemistry with them. You know they've had a couple of scenes together, a bit of camaraderie building there. But also because just on a meta level, like outside the movie, I've seen this movie brought up a lot when talked about important black like horror movies. You know, black character horror movies. And up until this point, I mean, she's a nice enough character, but like it, you know, it was like you know, it's an ensemble. It didn't necessarily feel like it was specifically geared towards her character. And I thought, oh, well, that's maybe how it's going to feel more important then by the end is that she's going to be seen as the new chosen one and it's going to be probably a big deal for mid-90s especially. The idea that yeah. this character passes down this... this uh... I mean, it's not an honour necessarily. It's, it's kind of like a burden <laughs> in a lot of ways, but this important yeah. task is passed down to her. Uh, and sure enough, that's what happens. You know, he saves her towards the end of the movie. Uh, he's dying, so he pours his blood into the thing and sort of gives her the the task of being the next one and she's left on her own to fight billy zane uh one-on-one which leads you know a big climax and we'll get to that in a minute but what, what did you make of all the the backstory stuff and all the the story and the, uh, the passing down and blah, so, blah, blah. so i i like it a lot I, I think you know it's a really good um you know premise and i like that you know it, it gives you enough like setup and explanation like <clears throat> you know for everything without you know feeling too like forced or you know, um, expositioning or whatever. Um, the the only thing that like, I don't, I don't know, like almost like makes me a, a little mad is like, I wonder if, because I, I feel that is like a pretty rich mythology and I don't know, I kind of want to see more. And I wonder if this wasn't a Tales from the Crypt movie, if like, I don't know, we could have potentially became a franchise. Like, mm. yeah, I would have been down to see more Demon Knight stuff. Uh, 
I mean, I don't know if it was like super popular, maybe you wouldn't have seen more, but like, uh, I don't know, like I, I could definitely see like sequels being fun. And then like, you know, you could even like do like, it, you know, it, it's such like a, a good premise that you really can, you know, like kind of jump like around and do stuff like at any time if you wanted to do but, prequels yeah. or. Yeah, you could, you could do yeah. a sequel to Jada Pinkett Smith. You could do prequels set in different like time, like go back to like Civil War era. Like, who who yeah, is it then, yeah. for example? I, you know, there's possibilities. Oh. I, honestly, my, my I, I like the concept well enough, but I actually think it would... The, the one time the movie almost lost me a little bit is the first time it cut to, like, Jesus on the cross, and I went, oh, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, I was ready to, like, push the panic button. And it's actually not that bad, and everything that came from it later was, was solid, but I honestly feel like you didn't need to see that. Like, I, I think it would have yeah. it, it would have worked better if we just heard him tell us. Like, I think we need to see sure. the World War One flashback because that's his start. So we should see that because he's seen that himself. And I, I know that the movie's saying that when he like took the, the you know the mantle, it's like he got like a rush of flashback. So he did kind of see all this stuff. Like he saw the previous versions in his head, but. I think, like, leaving that to our imagination and just saying... Because, you know, the idea that anything from that time period, you know, the of the time of Jesus, is that <laughs> it's not something that anyone living has any actual record of in terms of, like, visual media. So it's kind of a weird thing to actually show us because it always just feels a bit hokey. So I think just hearing him tell us that and only seeing the World War One thing because, A that's his own experience so he's seen it so he can sort of pass that on more vividly and also because we have actual footage and like photos of that so it doesn't feel hokey because it's like no this is what actually like we've seen it it feels grounded enough that it doesn't feel super cheesy whereas you know here's jesus on the cross it's like oh my god i'm getting flashbacks of uh like oh what was that movie what did what did we do where one of them turned out to be jesus oh dracula 2000 Oh yeah, <laughs> he he was Judas or something. I was Judas, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That was it. Uh, but anyway, like, that's what it was making me like have fears of for a moment when I saw Jesus on the cross. But that, that's my yeah. one critique of it, really. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're doing a good job too. If like you, you can kind of like instantly like your imagination starts going going like wild because like yeah, whenever they get to this part, like I do start thinking of like, oh man, like I wonder what that story was like in uh, was it World War One? They said yeah, World War One, yeah. Or, yeah, like just like imagine like oh like yeah this concept but like on like a battlefield or in the trenches or something like oh that could be really interesting like i like that it yeah kind of starts getting like your your juices flowing like, especially <laughs> since by the sounds of it it's like it always happens when this kind of night yeah. with seven people and this fight with the demon happens so <laughs> like okay like what was a seven soldiers left after a battle like in this trench and like it was them that yeah. the demon came after like it actually sounds like a pretty fun movie to be honest right yeah no like i i mean this is definitely like a concept i would uh yeah i, I mean again like you never know if it would have been done right like maybe they could make more stuff and it wouldn't have been as entertaining but i mean just thinking about like oh yeah this is like a story i'd hey you know i'd love another movie or even like a limited tv series or comic book like it's just a, a fun idea you could do more with but there's, yeah, yeah there's, there's 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 definitely potential with the the concept and but at the same time, though, I think it does kind of work that it is just a one-off where it leaves oh, you with all these yeah. ideas in your head and all these possibilities. Um, yeah. You know, Terminator fans dreamed of a future Terminator <laughs> movie for a long time, and then they got it, and oh boy. So sometimes That's it's true. better sometimes, to leave it in the imagination. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think there's yeah something to be said of, like, you know, just thinking about it over your head is 
<laughs> more enjoyable than what you end up getting at some points. But yeah, of course, Thomas Aiden Church tries to make a deal with Billy Zane. And yeah. I love how smooth Billy Zane is as he's talking to him. He's like, because Thomas Aiden Church is like, yeah, I don't mind if you kill the rest, but just let me live and, you know, let me go. Uh, uh, and he's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, but make sure you kill, you know, William Sadler's character because he's a bit of a dick. He's like, oh, yeah. isn't he just? Like, the, the way he kind of responds to him is just so sly and yeah. so... Uh, I love that. I love when the sponge comes out of his mouth. He's like, "Oh yeah, one more thing." <laughs> like the sponge just comes out and kind of like wiggles his eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. So to, to wipe the, the barrier that's been created yeah. at the stairs, so he can get upstairs and go after the others. Uh, it is so good because like they are both just like such like slimy characters, that, but they have like a great like chemistry together because mm-hmm. of that. Where they're just like. He's like, yeah, man, I don't really care so much about this, like, end-of-the-world business. Like, you know what? You're one of the good ones. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. And, of course, he immediately turns on him and, like, Thomas Hayden Church yeah. gets mauled <laughs> by the by the demons. So, I feel like we probably could have maybe gotten a little better of a death. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, because he is, like, such an asshole character that you are definitely waiting for him to, like, get what's coming to him and... I mean, sure, yeah, he gets, like, ripped apart by demons, but it's, you know, very quick, and, like, you don't really see much, like, eh, maybe might have been nice to have something, like, a little flashier for him, but... Sure, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the big show-off, or showdown rather, uh, is between Jerry Pinkett Smith's character and Billy Zane, <laughs> and it, it's this thing where he actually kind of wins at first by, like, forcing her into a bathtub and breaking her wrist and pouring all of the blood that's in the, in the, the key down into the into the bathtub so it's, it's basically all gone uh and it's quite obvious that she's holding some in her mouth like for the rest of this next bit because she's like not talking and he's like why why aren't you speaking and i'm like because she's got some of that blood in her mouth i thought she was going to kiss him <laughs> and put it in his mouth which yeah. would have been a fun thing instead she sends up spitting on him which is a nice callback because she spat in his face earlier so i get why they made that choice but he actually says hey i'm kind of into you actually what if you uh, come back to my side and you know, a, a demon knight's never crossed paths. So that's the, you know, when we actually get to hear the title. Uh, you know, a demon knight's mm-hmm. never came over to the other side, but uh, I'm sure my parents would just adore you. And he's like sort of <laughs> dancing around there. It you know, becomes kind of this dark sort of ballroom kind of thing. Uh, really fun stuff. Uh, again, really charismatic. Uh, and she wins. Uh, she wins by spitting uh, the, the blood in his face. Uh, did this remind you of any other movies that we might have done before? Movies that we've done before? Yeah. Not off the top of my head, no. Okay, because I, I, I think I kind of mentioned it when we did, but it's been a few years now. So, uh, I, mean, I mean, this is kind of an older movie. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't think, you know, it, it's, you know, we talked about it before, so I don't think it's a big deal. But, I mean, if, if anyone is afraid it's a movie they haven't seen, they don't want to be spoiled, maybe skip ahead, like, you know, a, a, a minute or two uh, or, or a few minutes or whatever you want to do. Um, but... Honestly, uh, I could not help but think uh, about this when we watched uh, The Nun. Like, I don't, if you remember, like, I, I know you weren't a big fan of that movie. Like, I wasn't crazy about it either. But remember, like, at the end, like, they, it's been a while since I've seen it now. But they also had something about, like, Jesus's blood. And then it ended with, like, the character spitting it in the demon's face. Like, I don't know. It just felt like such a ripoff to me. Well, I'm happy to say I only ever saw that movie once, Tim. So... 
Yeah. Uh, the details are very hazy, but no, there was no way, shape, or form I was ever going to remember. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I just, uh, I'm glad we can talk about it now, but I mean, yeah, I yeah. mean, obviously you're not going to watch the movie again. I but mean, like... if, anyone, if anyone skipped ahead because they're worried about spoilers and it turned out to be the nun, ha. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think it's like, I don't know, it, to me it just seems like such a, a coincidence because it's like, well, it's not like that's a you know a common trope where like you get a lot of people spitting jesus's blood into demons faces like that's a very specific thing so i i thought it was really weird uh when they did in that movie oh speaking of movies we kind of spoiled i mean earlier we kind of spoiled about the big twist of dracula 2000 don't worry it's a terrible movie (laughs) it's okay and don't worry and also do not be concerned just because we did a watch along once on a stream with that does not mean that that series is never going to be reviewed it'll Uh happen i just need to forget more of the movie before we go back and review that because that was a really bad one to watch yeah but uh my reaction to that twist was uh Heated, shall we say. Uh, so, <laughs> anyway, uh, she, she wins the fight. Uh, she actually goes back up to William Seller's body because I was thinking, like, can't she just get more blood from him because he's still sitting there? So she gets more blood from him. He's dead corpse and opposed to, as opposed to a living corpse, which, to be fair, this movie actually does have some living corpses, so it's a fair distinction in this case. <laughs> so she gets some more blood and she, you know, she, she puts some flowers at his grave and uh, gets a bus out of town. But notably... Does a, a little bit of the blood at the door of the bus so that the uh, no demons get on board, and it turns out there's a new demon with a very similar case for the key and a similar kind of hat and trench coat, uh, now hunting her. Presumably, that something that might now continue for decades and decades, given how long William yeah. Sadler's uh, time was. I love like he, yeah, kind of just looked at the bus, and you can tell he knows the barriers there, and he's just like, mm, I'll get the next one. And it's like, oof. Good ending. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun. It's a fun ending. Not a lot of Tales from the Crypt stories necessarily had a good character who got to win, and yeah, so it's nice that this kind of has that. Uh, and of course, it transitions. It goes back to the grave of William Sadler, and the, the the hand comes up, takes the rose down, which leads to the crypt keeper, uh, who. And the joke here at the end is it's premiere night, so he goes to the movie <laughs> premiere for Demon Night. Gets out the limo. And that's just something I never mentioned at the start, but because it's a movie and they've got a bigger budget, we get to see him walk. They've got, like... And the effect's not that great, especially... No. In the opening when he's walking, you can clearly see that it's, like, they've stuck his head on. To, like, yeah. You know, like it's been done separately. Uh, so it looks a bit like, mismatched. Yeah, is it really that hard just to have like a big puppet? For him? <laughs> Apparently, it looked better at the end. I, th- I thought him walking in the red carpet at the end looked better. Yeah, yeah, it looked better. But uh, so he's walking down the red carpet, and then the producers are there with uh, a guillotine, and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> they took my request for the final cut a bit literally." I see. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. That was a funny joke. So they decapitate him. His head's in the basket, and. <laughs> He says, and that's the that you know that's entertaining or something, you know, something like that. Uh, yeah. And he laughs, and there we go. That's the that's the movie. So it's uh fun segments. I I think because they could make a lot of jokes about it being a movie, they had a lot to work with, even though it came like this late or you know after the show. I, I, this is not after the show, right? The show wasn't done by '95. I think they had another couple of seasons still. Must have been, yeah. Yeah. I want. I wonder is is this like when. I wonder if this was towards the end when maybe they're doing all those like weird British episodes. Like if maybe that they were focusing on the movie and then just had, had this like UK team working on it or something. I don't know. Uh, if I go to the episode guide for the show, 
Um, it ended in... Yeah, season 7 was 96. So that okay. was after. Season 6... Uh, started October 94 and ended January 95. So yeah, this is between... This is this is between season six and seven. This movie. Okay, so then I mean, and and those were definitely like the the last like two or three seasons were definitely the hardest to watch. So I wonder if oh, it was yeah, because for sure more people were focused on the movie if uh, the normal people that work on it or something was busy with that. Yeah, I don't remember this. Did did we do an episode called Demon Knight at the end of season six, which tied into the movie? Was that a thing? Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna remember the the titles of it does it give a description the, about the plot? there's an episode called demon knight and billy zane and william sadler in it i don't remember this at all does it have a synopsis about what it's about or yeah something? high level demons collect low level demons as warriors in an attempt to obtain a key uh containing the blood of christ the key is guarded by the immortal warriors called demon knights hon let me go check if we reviewed <laughs> this oh, <wait. laughs> i mean that just sounds like the movie i don't think yeah, yeah, but it, that doesn't sound like an episode. <laughs> but it doesn't, doesn't have the full cast, though. It's oh, very no, strange. It, no, it does say an over 32 minutes, so I, I guess they're also counting this, technically, as, an episode. <laughs> as the final episode okay. of season six, which, I, which it isn't. It definitely is not. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't like that. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah. yeah, okay, that's odd. Um. That That is very weird. Yeah, yeah, because the actual last episode of that season was the one where they tried to, like, bring Humphrey Bogart back from the dead by having, uh, like, his that voice. That was the worst. Yes. Hated that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. Yeah, that's so weird they tried to count that as an episode. Yeah, so, th- I-, I guess this was, like, their big last hurrah, and then they got their weird cheap seasons where they shot it all in the UK yeah. afterwards. So, yeah, weird stuff. Weird stuff. <laughs> um, Yeah, the last... <sighs> Yeah, uh, looking at season six, there was one decent episode early on, but I remember season five, six, and seven all been a, a real chore to get through. Yeah. Uh, one to four, you know, it was I mean, it wasn't like all good. There was definitely bad stuff mixed in, but it was you know it was as much good as there was bad. So it was a, an even kind of ratio. But uh, yeah. seasons five, six, and seven were mostly terrible, with with one yeah. or two gems <laughs> sprinkled, but. Yeah, the, the those were like rough. Like the the early seasons, like I, yeah, the, you did get occasional bad episodes here and there, but I was still generally usually looking forward to it. By yeah, by those last couple of ones, it was just like <laughs> it was just like come on, let's hurry up and get this <laughs> done with, <laughs> so we never have to think about it again. Yeah, and five was definitely a bad season as well because I remember thinking because episode two, of season six was actually surprisingly good, and I remember us saying being shocked that we got a good episode because <laughs> I think all of five was pretty much bad. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to say there was not any good episodes, but I, it was definitely a trend by the time we got to six. So, sure. But yeah, go back and check out our reviews of all those episodes, should you wish. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but hey, yeah. Uh, no, fun fun movie. Uh, and I guess we're at the point where we're going to rate it. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Tim, what are you going to rate Demon Knight? Uh, I, I mean, again, this is just... Uh, when I originally had nostalgia for, but then just over the last couple of years, I've watched it more and more. And uh, it's definitely gotten to the point where this is now like a perennial, like October viewing uh, <clears throat> just cause yeah, I think it's so fun and such a blast. And, um, and since it is not like a, you know, like obviously like a lot of people know about it, it's not like a, 
you know, a hidden gem that no one's ever heard of, but you know, it's still not one that like everyone has seen. So it's always fun, uh, you know, to watch it with someone for the first time, uh, and, you know, see him get excited over it. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just such a blast. Uh, you know, again, I mean, the, all the characters are so great. I think that's what makes it like just, you know, endlessly rewatchable, um, for the performances and just, you know, how well it does just like establishing those characters and then giving them some really great moments to shine. And then all the performances are great. And then, uh, yeah, even though like towards the end of the show, <laughs> you know, we weren't digging it, I still love the Crypt Keeper and I love the concept and I love like, you know, those old EC horror comic books. I've been reading some of the archive collections that they've been put out, which is kind of funny because like some <laughs> issues are just like exactly like episodes of the show. Oh, really? Uh, but, <laughs> like they, they really did just like take some like issues and just be like, all right, yeah, here's the script basically. Um, but no, it, yeah, it, it's, it's so much fun. Uh, and yeah, I just love that concept. I'm so glad that they did a movie and then, you know, it's, it's funny when it needs to be that the monsters are cool. Um, it it kind of reminds me of, I mean, you know, one of my, you know, I talked about before, but, you know, Evil Dead, uh, you know, especially Evil Dead 2, that's like one of my favorite movies. And this kind of feels like almost like a 90s version of Evil Dead, like, uh, you know, in some ways, because, you know, it just so cleverly mixes like, you know, the humor with the horror uh, and gives it like plenty of really, you know, cool, fun um, set pieces for it. And, uh, and again, just, you know, nice, interesting premise and like some fun rules and who doesn't love like, a nice like siege movie. Um, what like whenever like i kind of sit down and think about like a, there's like a lot of movies i like that i was like oh yeah that is kind of like a siege movie um i don't know just something about like characters kind of trapped in this one location having to uh, come together it's just a i don't know just a really nice like setting uh for a movie um so yeah I, i'm actually gonna give this a really good score you know i am actually gonna go really high uh i think i'm gonna give it a nine uh, i i think maybe like earlier like maybe the last couple of years i probably would have said like oh yeah this is good this is like a set solid seven eight movie but again i just keep finding more and more uh to like and come back to and think about um with this movie that you know the more i watch it each year so yeah i'm, I'm gonna go pretty high and and again it, it's really climbing my list i don't think it's like my top 10 horror movies or, or maybe it is just scaring on the outside of it but i uh, i think it's easily in the top 20 uh for me Whoa, well, I'm not going that high. I'll say that. But no, I, I was uh, very entertained. It hit, it hit the right tone early on. It kind of gave me a fun premise, fun batch of characters. I liked that there was rules, and that those rules played into the geography, so you always kind of understood that, okay, these are, there's boundaries, and the boundaries matter, and then the boundaries change, and you always kind of understood when those boundaries did change. So I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate some of the practical effects. Mostly it's the characters that I think really make it all work uh, and the, the, mm. the solid pacing. Uh, but even just some, something as simple as like, you know, the arm... Well, this, 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 I mean, it's an arm rip-off scene, but it actually <laughs> it starts more like you know, the arm gets snapped and it's like, oh, that's nasty, but then it keeps going. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, it gets ripped off. And like, oh, damn, that just kept going and escalating. And it was really fun because of that. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, yeah, so I, I'm not going to tie as a nine. That's a bit crazy, but uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I I think right now I'm happy to throw at uh, these solid seven point five. I think that's where I'm. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, maybe it'll grow more on me as well as time goes on. Um, but uh, it's a good movie. I would I would recommend it. And um, nice, yeah, it's a good time. So uh, at least I got to see one new good horror movie this October. <laughs> oh, you are a big fan of an American Werewolf in Paris. 
Do you recall our ratings for that one, Timmy? Because uh, <laughs> it was definitely a lot lower than a 7.5. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does feel like... Uh, I mean, I, I don't know who picked the, uh, these movies out, but it feels like we have done a lot of stinkers this month. Yeah, I wonder who that was. <laughs> It's almost like I let someone run right because I was happy they were back and they put me in nothing but shite. And would you believe that this one that we actually liked was not picked by that same person? <laughs> this was one of mine. <laughs> yeah. right, I'll let you do like a three-hour French movie next episode if you want. <laughs> Don't tempt me. Uh, but anyway, that, that is... Um, <laughs> That is Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. Uh, Tim is going to post for the thumbnail, so uh, make sure your headroom is a little clear. And uh, here we go. Three, two, one. Pause! Is that a T for Tim? <laughs> for Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Very good. Very good. I'll be honest, when I put that in the thumbnail, it's probably going to look like you try to do a cross with your fingers, but are too dumb to actually pull it off. That's what it's probably going to look like. Well, if that'll get people to click. <laughs> Maybe a sympathetic click. <laughs> i got to see what this YSK can make, can't make a cross. <laughs> but, uh, cool. Um, yeah, I'll take this time to thank our, our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you very much to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Board Now, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. They are our Patreon producers for the month. You want to say something, Tim? <laughs> well, you've got something in your face you want to say. I was going to make a joke about, like, oh, seven patrons, but <laughs> there's one more <laughs> than seven. Well, yeah, this, uh, that, yes, there was eight, eight producers there. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> uh, you can, of course, support us for as little as $1 per month on patreon.com slash TV and get some bonuses for your trouble. The Screams After Midnight regular bonuses aren't quite back yet, but it shouldn't be too long before they're back. But um, uh, $5 and up patrons did get a vote at the start of the month. Obviously, that's over now. It only lasted a week. Mm -hmm. But uh, you'll see what the winner of that was soon. Very soon, in fact. Uh, but that is uh, Patreon. Uh, you can keep all the content coming with financial support over there. Uh, but you can support everything for free by simply liking, subscribing, dinging the bell for notifications, and commenting down below on YouTube. If you listen to the audio podcast version, make sure you share it with your friends. At Streams Midnight is the Twitter. And uh, you can also give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. So uh, all those things do help it a lot. So please do and help the podcast grow and thrive and success and uh, let Tim give his child more horror props to pretend that, that they're about <laughs> to unleash evil upon the world. Oh man, if I had a when a, a, a demonite key, I could give him, that'd be great. <laughs> I hope like many, as many people would get that joke though. I feel like people recognize the yeah. Hellraiser, you know, uh, Lament <laughs> Conflagration. People recognize the Book of the Dead. I don't <laughs> know if they're going to recognize the key from Demon Knight. I'm running out. I need to find more. Uh, yeah. So it's fun to do. <laughs> T Tim's basement uh, is just going to end up being like a cabin in the woods with all the <laughs> all the various horror artifacts that could raise something <laughs> terrible. But, uh, all right, there you go. That is basically uh, the show. That is, uh, I've plugged Patreon. Uh, I've plugged the Twitter. I plugged all the YouTube buttons. Yep, we're good. That is the that is the show. So thank you for joining us. 
This has been Screams After Midnight. Uh, so keep watching scary movies and uh, don't assemble seven people on the night where seven stars are aligned because you might raise hell. Mm-hmm. Well done. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. We'll see you next time.